Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Yeah, I'll go. We'll get there. Okay. Hang on, hang on. Let me straighten that one out. Okay. Alright, <laughs> we'll I gotta get to that point where we got like five seconds of together. <laughs> We're already recording. Okay, I know, okay. I know, okay. Oh, okay, okay. I know, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Hello, everybody! <laughs> I, I know, it's... <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep a straight face. I'm That's trying a... not to look at you. <laughs> That's okay. Oh. Alright, I'm going to get it. Oh. Alright, I'm ready. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome to Chain Out Podcast, episode 6. I'm Jeremy, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Daryl. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome along to the episode. How are you doing, Jeremy? Oh, feeling very <laughs> festive tonight. Is it, is, it, is it that time of year? It is that time of year. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure by the time this episode comes out, our listeners will have, uh, what, participated in some Christmas present opening and some festive yeah. cheer. They may have uh, partaken in some beverages. Yeah, eggnog and other delectables. Other delectables, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that we haven't already <laughs> imbibed in those, uh, imbibed <laughs> in those uh, drinks already, but oh, that was the, uh, the perfect intro. Oh, <clears throat> uh, I didn't even, you know, just sitting here in my recording area, I had that, yeah. Chris, that's a Christmas bag that I happen to have handy. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. So, well, I'm hoping by, well, let's talk about that to start. So Christmas will have happened by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. What are you hoping that you've unwrapped from under the tree at that point? Well, I mean, you, you've already given me the best present that I could have ever wished for. I, I had a, a time lapse. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better present. How about yourself? What are you expecting to get under your tree? Well, I try not to expect anything. You end up a lot happier that way. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. But, you know, something disc golf related would be fantastic. Uh, I know I did put some Edga gear on my list. So maybe oh, I'll have yeah. something from, from there, a hoodie or a t-shirt or something yeah. along those lines. You know, yeah. the, the dream item, and we talked about it in one of the earlier episodes, would be a Zuka cart. And I think I've got right. that narrowed down to the transit would be it. But uh, yeah. Nice. By episode seven, we'll be able to answer that question. And hopefully to all our listeners out there, you've got uh, some wonderful disc golf related gifts and share that for us in the comments. What did you get for Christmas for disc golf related items? Yeah. And uh, let us know what happened when you went out on the course and uh, threw it or dragged it behind you or wore <laughs> it or whatever the case might be. For sure. Yeah. So... Daryl and I, Daryl, we're pretty happy this week, right? <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah, no, we're definitely we're in the festive spirit. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so, uh, Chain Out Podcast had a really good week, and we're we're quite yeah. happy. And we want to say thank you to everyone out there who's been listening to the podcast, has been 
liking it, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or Apple, however you're finding us in our content, we, you, you guys have put great big smiles on our faces. We got a lot of good support this week uh, from listeners absolutely. and also also from Edmonton Disc Golf Association too, right, Daryl? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's kind of crazy when you think that we started it out and we had these plans for where it was going to go. And, you know, just like when you throw a, a, a disc on the, you know, when, when you throw your drive and it goes OB and you go looking for it, it's always, you, you're always looking further ahead than where it actually is. <laughs> and I think we were doing that with our podcast, right? We were thinking, oh, you know, what, wouldn't it be great if we could get this person on or in, in 10 episodes time or maybe when we reach 50 episodes or whatever it might have been. We were always setting these goals and then we kind of both took a second and we would always look at each other and be like, well, let's just try and get to 10 episodes first. Yes. Like, let's try and reel it back and let's not, you know, well, they say you shoot for the moon, you get the stars thrown in for free, right? Yes. <laughs> right. So I think that's what we were doing. We were always thinking about what could be, what could be. And then, yeah, you know, the, the, our dream guess, I, I guess, if you could say, or, you know, definitely for a local um, area type of guest. Um, yeah. Uh, we got reached out. We well, let's out. maybe keep we... it a little bit of a secret of who. Sure. Yeah. 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 We should do so, that. Yeah. Te tease so, it for future episodes. But we've got some some exciting guests lined up. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's where we had that excitement is we went from having the interview with our, you know, friend of the show, Mark, who came on for episode five. And we yeah, thought last that episode. Went, yeah, our last episode. We thought that went really well. We hope you guys enjoyed um, having Mark on, we're, we're looking to have him on again in the future because he's always got a lot of good things to say and he's well involved in the disc golf community. Yeah. But we have, how many guests do we have that are, are looking to come on the show now? Uh, three. Well, we have three, yes. essentially four. Yes. So, and we yeah. are so excited about that and we're excited for you guys to listen to it. So we'll leave it as that. So by the time you oh. get to... All we'll say is that if you play disc golf in the Edmonton area, you know who the guests are. Or you're, yeah. you're going to know who the guests are. It's not going to be some uh, random person that we're excited about that only we know about. Yeah, and with all three of these guests, I'm sure they're going to have lots of information that you're going to be interested in. I don't want to pump it up too much, but lots of things that you're going to want to hear about in the local community. And, you know, Daryl and I might be able to just sit back and let them pretty much run yeah. the show. Yeah. How about this? Why don't you leave your guests in the comments? Let us know who you think it's going to be. Yes. Or let us know who you want us to have a, as a guest. Who would you like to hear from? That's for sure. If you put yeah. some ideas out there, that will help us bring those guests on the show. The more that we can show that yeah. our listeners want to hear from these people, then um, yeah. that should support when we put that request out for an interview. Yeah. Or even if you want to be on the podcast yourself. Yeah, it's not like a, a nomination thing. You can just uh, nominate yourself. If you want to come on the podcast, <laughs> if you've got something to say, you know, something uh, worthwhile and, and contributing to the Edmonton Disc Golf area or scene, let us know in the comments. Shoot us an email, uh, chainoutpodcast at gmail.com. Find it on Facebook. Find it on YouTube, wherever you find it. Our email's there. Leave it in the comments. You can get a hold of us. Yeah, we're, we're pretty accessible, so. Yeah. I'm going to change out my hat for a second here, Daryl. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to leave it on. Okay. It's very hot, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> well, there you go. What well, do you think of this Well, that's a nice looking hat. Yeah, I've seen that hat before somewhere. Yeah, you saw it before because um, I got a little bit of an interesting story I came up with this week on the hat. Okay. So why don't I... Back... 
yeah, yeah tell me the story. story. Settle so in, the, folks. Yeah, settle in. Jeremy's going to tell you a tale about a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Riveting podcast content. <laughs> so I'm wearing this hat, and this hat says Lysac on it. L-I-S-A-C. And I didn't know who who Lysac was, what this was, if this was like the initials that stood for something. I wasn't too sure. But I've yeah. learned recently that Daryl and I have been shouting out Parked Pro probably in every other episode and talking about them because they're a, another, uh, they're the video, um, what do we call them? The, the, the DGN of the North. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they exactly. do videos for the Canadian Disc Golf Tour. They actually organize the Canadian Disc Golf Tour. Um, they have a podcast called Northern Flights. And what it is is a gentleman named Andre and a gentleman yep. named Matt Lysak. Yeah. So, <laughs> Matt, if you are listening to this, here's my story. Was Daryl and I went into a tournament down in Wetaskiwin. And you were so kind to donate hats. And I don't know if you donated discs or some other things to there. And when they were doing the draws at the end of the tournament, uh, there was a lot of draw prizes, which was awesome. Yeah. It was um, a good tournament, yep. Yeah, I'd bought my draw tickets, and I remember turning to Daryl and turning to Mark, and I wasn't grumping, I wasn't doing anything like that, but I was just saying, hey, guys, you know, I always feel when I buy tickets to a draw, it's as a donation to the, to the group. I don't win a lot of things. And I, I'm sure a lot of you may feel that way, too. So then all of a sudden, Robin Lambert, who was organizing, he was the TD of the tournament, he pulls out this Lysak hat and he says, all right, we've got a team Lysak hat here and we're trying to put more members on the team. So the next, we got three of them to draw today and we're going to draw the first one here. It comes with a Lysak hat and a disc. And they call out the number and sure enough, Jeremy wins. And I'm like, yeah. Woo, I'm part of team Lysak. I don't know what that means, but I'm part <laughs> of team Lysak. <laughs> I think he said that it was an exclusive team. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. So then I go out, uh, or I go grab my hat and my disc, and I sit back down, and they do some more draws, and they're going to draw another Lysak hat. Mm -hmm. They pull out a number. Sure enough, Jeremy wins again. <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to steal the second Lysak hat. I think the team should be larger than just me as a special guest. So I yeah. said to Robin, just draw another name, and, and that hat went out. And then we sit down and do a couple more draws. And then all of a sudden they pull out. We got the third Lysak hat to give away. They pull out another name. Jeremy wins again. <laughs> what are the chances that you've won all three? <laughs> the guy who doesn't win and he wins yeah. three Lysak hats. But again, we, we put that one in and had another draw for that. So if you have seen, Matt, that picture out there, you'll see Jeremy in there. I'm part of Team Lysak. So that's where this one came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Matt, reach out to Jeremy and let him uh, let him know what his responsibilities and duties are to, as part of uh, Team Lysak. That's right. Well, I'm going to go back to the Christmas hat. So <laughs> Right. there, And I would shout out as well, also part of Parked Pro. He wasn't in the first episode of the reboot, but uh, Andre is also uh, a member of the uh, Parked Pro team there. So Matt, Andre, and uh, Jesse. Oh, sorry, Jesse. You mentioned Andre. Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. Jesse, yeah. Jesse is the other uh, person that wasn't on the uh, the first episode. So, yeah. yeah, that's an interesting story. <laughs> it, it was a, it was funny <laughs> when I tied it all together this week and realized listening to the Northern Flights podcast who Matt actually was. I thought that was a right. neat little story. Yeah, yeah.
So another thing we'd like to do, and this might feel a little bit like Romper Room, if you guys remember that show where the lady would pull up a mirror at the end of the show and, and call out names and do some shout outs. But I want to do a shout out today to a lady named Jana, who I played with um, at League on the weekend. So right. Jana and I had played together the week before. And then this week we were just kind of lining up, getting ready to play and practicing putting. And she came over to me and she said, hey, are you that Jeremy guy from the Chain Out podcast? And I was like, what? Someone recognized us. <laughs> I've made it. Yes, that's right. I've made it. I've made it. Yeah. So it was really cool. Jana said she started watching the, the podcast and she was enjoying it. She loved to hear how Daryl got into it and how he'd been watching um, <laughs> watching disc golf before and not playing it. And she thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's a few people that um, like that story. I think uh, there's a few comments on YouTube about that that was a funny story. So I'm glad I can make people happy. Yes. So one of the things too, Daryl, which I want to tell you about. So Jana said that she got into disc golf not too long ago. Her family's involved and she's okay. she's kind of like um, a lot of us are. Now when we travel, we make sure we find a way. Before I would never pay for a carry-on bag or a checked bag. I would be... Yeah trying to pack everything into that little tiny airplane bag to get it on for free. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, I'm definitely paying for a bag if I have to, because how am I going to get my discs there to play courses <laughs> exactly. while I'm traveling? <laughs> yeah. That's the, so, that's the whole reason of going on these trips. You, you, the, the seeing family and the work trips and things like that are secondary. You're going to these places because you want to make sure that you have enough time to play the courses. Well, that's it. And I know now on UDisc, I've, I've saw that there's a little map in your profile that shows with all the places that you've played at. So I'm always okay. looking to get a nice little extra basket somewhere in North America on my, uh, on right. my map. Nice. So Jan, Jana said that her uh, work also allows her to travel. So she was traveling last year. Right. And she ended up traveling down, and I believe it was in the Illinois area. And she was there yep. for two weeks. And she just so happened to be down when Ledgestone was happening. Wow. So she ended up going and checking out Ledgestone. And yeah. she went over to the FPO course where they were playing. And she was just hanging around, standing around. And someone came up to her. She's brand new to disc golf. Didn't really even know U-Disc that well is what she was saying at that point. And keeping score yeah. like circle one, circle two, doing the real detailed score. And someone came up and said, Hey, uh, did you want to keep score for the chase card? Wow. And she said, um, I don't think so. I, I don't know. And they said, <laughs> nobody's ever said no to us before. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So she ended up uh, saying yes. And there was another scorekeeper, of course, to give her a hand. And then yeah. she was on at that point. She was keeping score for Juliana Corver. No way. Yeah, on her card, and she was keeping score. She got to see the whole round, and then afterwards also got to meet Chantel Bedinsky. Nice. So, and I think we should probably, why don't you give a little uh, intro to who Chantel is, because I don't know if all our listeners know. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know who Chantel Bedinsky is, obviously you're not following Disc Golf on YouTube or Instagram or anything like that. Chantel is the, uh, the number one rated FPO player in Canada. Um, most notably famous for winning the Flying Disc Open, the first Canadian pro, male or female, the first Canadian pro to ever win on tour. That was a Silver Series event in... Uh, uh, that was in um, Rochester, Massa New York, Rochester, Rochester, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and the, I think yeah. was that also the one with the trophy with the steering wheel? That was the steering wheel. Yeah, there's a history behind the steering wheel. I think it was the the first ever prize was a car, or a, the first ever prize was a steering wheel. There's some sort of car related to the first ever prize of the Flying Disc Open, and uh, yeah, she won the um, the steering wheel for the uh, the trophy at that one. Well, and before we go. Wanna, before we go a little further with that, I want to just wrap up that yeah. comment on Janice. So what I was going to say yeah. was, if you are traveling and you end up at one of these big tournaments, <laughs> yeah. I guess just hang around and, and say, you know, maybe have UDISC open on your phone and just wave it around and you'll you'll get a chance to, to, yeah, to travel absolutely. and to help. Yeah. So yeah, maybe back we, to Chantel. We, or go ahead. I was just going to just going to say, maybe we should look through uh, the romper room glass one more time and give a shout out mm -hmm. to one other person. For sure. If you could think of any other name that you might want to shout out. Oh, well, I would shout out one of our early supporters. I would shout out Sonia. Sonia has been supporting go. us right from the start. So, Sonia, thank you for your comments and your <laughs> likes. We appreciate that. And yes, we see you as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to mention that Chantel Bedinsky, uh, like you said, um, or I said that she's all, all over face, uh, Instagram and YouTube. She's uh she even though she's on the pro tour last year i don't know if she you know how many events that she participated in last year um i know this upcoming year she just got her tour card again um by watching her videos and things like that but if you're not following her definitely look for her her handle on uh, youtube and instagram you want to look for at miss frisbees yes and most recently like i try to keep uh, you know, I try to consume as much disc golf content as I can. Yeah. I focus on the big podcasts, but I also try to focus a lot on the Canadian stuff that maybe we're not hearing about because I want to yeah. I want to know about it. And that's why we're doing this podcast. So yeah. most recently, she posted a video called and I'm just looking over at my screen here. It's called Full Day in the Life of a Pro Disc Golfer Off Season yeah. Edition. So she had a lot of her listeners and fans asking to say, well, what do you do in a day? So it's her and her fiance, I believe, Chris. Yeah, yep, Chris. And the, just yep. the two of them, a day of them, what they do as, as pro disc golfers. And it's a great watch. So check that one out. And I, I would yeah. say, too, is if we're going to shout out Ms. Frisbees, who is the number one FPO player in Canada, we should yeah. probably shout out the number one MPO player, too. Yeah. Any guesses who that is? Well, I know. <laughs> that would be the one and only Thomas Gilbert. Thomas Gilbert, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't upload as much as Chantel. Um, obviously, you know, I don't know um, Thomas's partner, or, you know, whether he is with a partner or anything like that. I know he has a, I think he has a brother that helps him out. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes he'll, I think it's his brother. Um, they'll do record videos together and things like that. But uh, hasn't he's not got the uh, upload schedule and the social media presence as uh, Miss Frisbee's, but... Um, yeah, Thomas Gilbert, um, another Canadian pro. He has a YouTube channel. Definitely go over and uh, uh, look for it. Watch a couple of his videos and things like that. Support a local, or not local, but support a Canadian uh, pro as well. And you yeah, find get to him, him at Thomas Gilbert fifty four. Yeah, and Thomas, he's uh, with Thought Space, and uh, you know I don't have a disc golf yeah. jersey yet, but if I do get one, the Thought Space jerseys tend to be some of the cooler ones out there that I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 He used to, he used to be with Prodigy. Now last season, beginning of last season, he started with um, Thought Space. So yeah. And he just got a new signature putter as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Well, and yeah. if you're looking out for his latest video, as, as you said, Daryl, he doesn't post that often, but he did just recently post a video about the best advice he's ever gotten 
OB tips. And then he was talking to both Chris Clemens from the Pro yeah. Tour and Gannon Burr as well. And what yeah. it is is that Thomas Gilbert's got quite the arm on him, and he can throw yeah. really far, but he says he has a lot of trouble keeping it in bounds. So he was yeah. talking to these two pros trying to get some tips for him and then for anybody else that might be trying to manage a course and stay stay on the fairway or stay at least out of the OB, how to do yeah. it. And it's a good little video. I enjoyed it. So check it out. Yeah, you know, I was interested in it as well. It's kind of cool that, you know, Thomas can reach out to those sort of people and get them on, um, you know, make a video with him and, and give him those sort of tips. Uh, it was a good listen. Yeah, I definitely took, I mean, not that we would, we, we definitely don't have the arm of Thomas Gilbert. We don't have that sort of uh, range and things like that. But, and again, not that many of our courses have a lot of OB that we're having too much to worry about. Um, but even if you're not going OB, even if you're going into trees, into deep mm -hmm. grass, you know, it doesn't have to be OB. Take the same principles and apply it to just keeping your disc in the fairway. And then you'll have a much better upshot um, up up to the green. And then you have that better chance of making a birdie or, you know, keep it walking away with a par, not getting stuck behind a tree, hitting a branch to come out, falling 20 feet in front of you and then you're already a stroke behind and then you walk away with a bogey or a double bogey daryl why are you telling everybody about my regular gameplay here I, you know <laughs> i i live it on the course i don't need to relive it now <laughs> i'm just speaking from experience <laughs> okay the two of us we, we yeah. know what that's like so any tips to stay out of the ob or out of yeah. trouble will help trouble out. that's a better way to put it yeah so yeah i i enjoyed it it was a good uh, good listen mm-hmm well, there was another thing I wanted to tell you about, too, is if you guys have seen behind me, I've got a lot of board games in my background mixed with my disc golfs. It's another one of my hobbies or passions. And um, what I don't know if everybody knows, and maybe I know it's after Christmas, but maybe you got a little extra money or you returned something that you didn't want and you've got some money that you don't know what to do with. <laughs> who, who knows what it is? But I found a Kickstarter that I supported that ties in these two hobbies and I think it's going to tie them in perfectly. And it's a board game. It's called, I got to get to it. It's called, I want to get the name right. Well, it's pretty simple. It's called chains, the disc golf board game. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, the simple ideas are the best. Yeah. Well, and so this is a board game, Daryl, and you're going to have to check it out later. Yeah. And we're definitely going to get together and play it. And maybe we can even incorporate a short or a little bit of content into the. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To the socials about it but anyways yeah. it's a disc golf board game and i've played a lot of board games and sometimes when you try to take a theme or an idea and turn it yeah. into a board game it turns into a game where it's like roll the dice move your guy oh go back three spaces it, it what it is is it's just taking reskinning something with yeah. disc golf and it's like it doesn't you're playing snakes and ladders with disc golf let's use that as yeah. an example but this is going to be the furthest from it this looks like you've got a course, you get these hexagonal flight patterns where it's like little okay. plastic pieces that are all connected together and right. you'll have them in front of you and you're going to be on a course and you're going to say, okay, well, here's the tee box and which one of these hexagonal, uh, I guess, pathways am I going to choose to throw? And so you're going to place that down and then that's going to show you on this layout of a hole where your disc is supposed to fly. And then there will okay. be dice involved and such, and you're going to roll them, and there's certain little things on your pathway. And depending on what your roll is, you may hit, uh, there may be a tree. And then it's like, did you make it through the tree? Did you not make it through the tree? Was there wind? Did the wind blow your disc to the left, to the right? Oh, wow. 
and it yeah. looks like uh, it looks like it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to get it. It's supposed to be shipping out in 2024, kind of. If you've ever supported a Kickstarter before, it always yeah. takes a little time, and and you know delivery dates vary. But I believe the goal yeah. is is spring to early summer of 2024. Okay, that yeah, sounds interesting. The, well, the gentleman who's putting it out there, he's been so good on Kickstarter and giving us updates and such. And one of the really neat things that he's been able to add with all the support he's gotten so far is there's yeah. going to be a Raptors Knoll course <laughs> as well. Nice. Yeah. So the gentleman, I believe he's actually from BC. Okay. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Nice. So so that look that's looking pretty cool. See, and what I did find too is that there's actually a late pledge available still. So at this point, okay. that's where I was saying if you got a little extra money in your pocket and you want and you like board games, you like disc golf. It might be something yeah. to check out. And when you're on their page, there's a um, video with Calvin Heimberg, Luke Humphreys, and Madison Walker, and they're actually giving it a trial play in its early stages. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll you know we can give out the uh, the URL, but we'll definitely we'll tag it in the description below. We'll leave a link to it um, so people can get and go there and check out if it's still available whenever you're watching this podcast. Right. Sounds like an awesome game. Oh, well, I'm telling you, looking at this, I know they've made a couple other ones. I think there's like Birdie Pro, not not this gentleman, but I know there's a right. Birdie Pro I've, disc yeah. golf game. I've, I've heard of, uh, yeah, I've heard of Birdie Pro, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's I've a never... deck of cards out there, is there, Daryl? Have you heard of that yeah. one? Yeah, there's, they've got two versions. They, the, the original base deck is, it, but the, 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 uh, the name of the card game is called Ripped, R-I-P-T. Okay. But they have an expansion to that as well, but... Um, I've I've seen disc or sorry a dice that you can take with you on your bag as well, and the, the the from what I understand I've never played the game but the the whole point of the card game is and the dice you roll it one will say forehand or backhand and then it'll say understable overstable mid oh. driver so it takes all the the guesswork or you know it doesn't let you pick uh, pick your own disc that you want to play it picks your disc for you and then you have to kind of throw however you can so if you have to throw a forehand overstable driver but you're 50 feet from the hole you know you, you'd have to work on your power there to get it to where it needs to be that's that's my understanding of the game anyway well yeah so that one there would be more of go out and play around a disc golf but if you've maybe like we have our yeah. home courses you're at the hills i'm at langholm you've played it hundreds of times or many times you could yeah. bring these dice out and say I'm going to play as the dice tells me to play. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, and it's a, it's a good way to spice up a round of golf, right? You go out there and like you say, you, you've played Langholm so many times, you know the line, you know the disc, you could probably pick out the disc and put them on the tee pad of which disc you're going to throw <laughs> on that hole, right? But right. when you throw a, an upshot and you land in the fairway and then you, you know, you might get lucky. It might say backhand putter. Right. And you're in you, know, you might get lucky on that shot I, this is my understanding you might end up putting with a uh, a time lapse forehand from from 15 feet away <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean that's just one of those things right you might get lucky you might get the right disc the right shot for the hole then again you might have to try and uh, figure out some way of getting that disc to the basket yeah well i could see that might be difficult when it's you're 15 <laughs> feet out and it's forehand roller or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wonder if there's anything in the rules that you can go out and put your bag in front of the basket so that you can try and hit the bag and jump up into the basket. Maybe that's what you have to do. Set a ramp up. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to share that because I was excited about it. I got an update recently and I thought it was a cool little thing. And if anybody out there was interested, uh, thought, and especially you, because yeah. I think you're going to like to play it. I know you and your family tend to play some board games now and then as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm all for supporting, um, you know, Kickstarters, local community, you know, small businesses, things like that. But the fact that you're getting it, do, do I really need to go buy it, or do we just have to get together and play a play a game or two? Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, normally when we start our episodes, we kind of ask each other if we got out this week, but we saved that for a little bit later into the podcast. You gotta have yeah. that on the right. How is what are we doing here? It's <laughs> okay. I'm just switching it up. Okay. <laughs> trying to trying to keep it interesting. <laughs> so yeah normally we talk about whether we got out and we did both get a chance to get out and we got together um i had a half day burning a hole in my pocket at work that needed to be used for the end of the year so i yeah used that on friday yeah and i was already off on that friday and uh was planning to go out anyway on my own if you never showed up or if mark wasn't available you know just going to go out there and uh record some content for my other channel and do whatever or just go for an 18 round and you know just uh, just to get out we, we've been enjoying the weather we had a, it's been a bit colder but it's still lovely weather this time of year to go out and play disc golf so um that was the plan and luckily you had that time off so we we were able to meet up and have some good times yeah and one of the first things that we did when i got there was we did a little bit of our own disc exchanging so i had the two time lapses and then you yep. finally settled on a time lapse. Take a look behind. Oh, what did so, you... yeah. No, yeah, you did the time lapse. We we got the time lapse. Uh, there is a time lapse back there somewhere. Okay. Or it might be in the front. Um, yeah, we did. I picked up the uh, time lapse that you were so graciously uh, bought for me in the last episode. You gave me the choice. I you obviously now spoiler the one that you've got behind you is the one that you ended up with. Yes, the yellow one <laughs> is no no bad. Um, no bad disc at all. Um, but the other exchange that we did is the Trash Panda disc swap that we did. I had yes. the extra Falk, you had the extra Vandal. So that's the Vandal that you can just see just there in the corner of the uh, uh, screen maybe. Yes, so that was the Trash Panda use disc golf exchange, use disc golf exchange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to the nth degree. Yeah. That's right, that's right. So... Yeah. Well, we got a chance too when we were out there. We threw both, you know, you threw the Vandal, I threw the Falk, and we got some good throws out there with those. And I'd like to thank uh, the two guys who sent them to us because that's going to be a disc that's going to stay in my bag at least for the next little while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like the Vandal. It worked good for me while I was out there. It's got a spot anyway, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing we did is uh, it took us, we were we were out there and we played four holes and then we got to our fourth hole, which is, uh, we'll talk about the course in a little bit. We'll mention it at that point, but let's just talk about the yeah. time lapse for now. But we got to yeah. the fourth hole on the course, which is a bit of a longer throw. And we looked at each other and we said, okay, I think this is it. This is the hole. Yeah. And we pulled out the time lapses. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get there a bit earlier in the day. Like you said, you were there just for the half day. So I actually met up with Mark, our buddy Mark, in the morning and we played a couple holes together. And uh, he showed me how he would throw the time lapse. And uh, yeah, so we got out to that hole. We uh, recorded it. We let it rip. And we're pleasantly surprised, I think. 
Well, I was going to say we let it rip, and, and you may not be surprised to hear that it was a <laughs> Heiser Fest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We knew with our arm speed and that type of disc, then uh, there was only one way it was going to go, but we had to try and combat that as much as we could. Yes. And the course we were playing on normally in the summer, when you're playing summer rules, on the right-hand side is OB. And uh, in the winter, there's no OB, but we, we try to avoid the OB just to be ready for yeah. summer. So this was a perfect, perfect disc for us to try on that hole because we wanted something that was not going to go right. Or if it did go right, it was going to come back left. And the time yeah. lapse did exactly that with those first couple throws that we had. Yeah, there was no, there's no risk of your time lapse going right. No. No. So then we kind of went around through the course and then we found at least, what was it? I don't know, like at least three or four other holes where we pulled it out and tried to kind of change yeah. the way we threw it. So anytime we had a long throw, yeah. we brought that disc out and, and, and gave it a throw. For me, I found is I, I have a lot of trouble throwing a flat disc most times. A lot of my yeah. discs come out hyzer. So when I'm yeah. throwing a backhand, um, yeah, I really had to work on it. And I think it's just going to take some more time for me or to try and put a little Annie on it. Oh, yeah, let's go to that. Let's talk about Annie. So, <laughs> do you remember that? I don't know. You kind of scared me there. No. <laughs> Sorry. We were getting to the end of the round and we went to that long par four. And I, <laughs> and I got up onto the tee box and I said, all right, Daryl, I'm going to take oh, this time yeah. lapse and I'm going to throw this thing Annie. And I don't, I don't really do that very well. So I go and I walk up and I rip it and I, I think I grip locked it and Annie. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and Daryl just. <laughs> My first reaction when you threw it was to start. <laughs> Yes, you tell them. You tell was, them what your first I'm reaction is. I'm was. trying to. I'm trying to. It's just so funny. My first reaction was to start running after the disc because you grip. <laughs> you grip. Uh, we can uh, cut this out. No, we don't. I'll, I'll take over. For oh you. my goodness. Okay, I'm done. Okay. You grip locked it. You grip. <laughs> you grip locked it so hard that we thought that it was going over the trees and we'd never see that disc again. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but that's just the, the good disc that it was. It was on so much, Annie, and you grip-locked it so far right from where you were aiming, and it went so high, but whether it was the wind or it, it kind of stalled out a little bit. Yeah. And then once it started to turn back, yeah, it was almost a perfect shot in the end, but it was so far... <laughs> It looked so much of a bad shot that, like I said, I was just ready to run after it and try and track it to see where it landed to see if we could retrieve it back again. Well, so so keep that in mind is that that disc will go left almost if you're throwing a backhand, right hand backhand, it's going to go left every time you throw it, no matter how yeah, bad no, the throw is. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing that. You... Okay, let's change the subject. Well, then let's move along. You threw it too, and you threw it a lot better than I did. Um, but then we went out to the 17th hole, which was a forehand hole with a drop. Um, and then we, and that was the first time we both threw the time lapse forehand. And you were nice enough to record a little short that we've got posted up on the socials for it. 
But yeah. I threw that one, and my forehand is a little bit easier for me to control my angle on. And I threw it again on an Annie, and that went out and sailed beautifully, and then came back down and dropped. And I was yeah maybe fifteen feet, ten feet from the basket. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you had a, a pretty much a tap in birdie. But it was a perfect flight, perfect disc for that shot. I mean, I don't know if you would, if you never had the time lapse, what sort of disc are you throwing? Are you throwing forehand on that one? Are you throwing your musket probably, or maybe not your musket? No, not my musket, but you are correct. I'd throw forehand, but usually it might have been like a uh, a crave or something like that. So the, right. the time lapse is twice as fast as a crave, but it was yeah. it was perfect for, my, for that shot that day. Yeah, I mean, that just goes to show... You know, this is kind of a good tip for us beginner golfers that you think the time lapse is twice the disc or twice the speed of the crave, mm-hmm. but you're not throwing it twice the speed of the crave. You're still throwing it. You're you're giving it extra power, but you're not throwing it as as fast as you should be throwing a twelve speed. Right. If that makes sense, yeah. So on that hole, that disc forehand for you, your speed and your arm. And the conditions, you know, obviously the conditions are going to play some part of it as well. But, you know, I'm sure you after after what you saw, the way that it flew on that hole and that shot and how good you could throw it. And just the fact that no matter, like you said, no matter how, how much Annie you put on it, it's coming back. Obviously, if you're throwing it forehand, you're going to throw it Annie and it's going to dive to the right. And it, yep. it worked out perfectly on that hole. There is in the summer league there is uh, or in the summer conditions there is ob between you and the basket basket is downhill by probably 20 or 30 feet elevation uh so you can't see the basket off the tee um but yeah you just kind of ripped it and we and we like i say if you go check out the uh, the video on uh, youtube or instagram or tiktok um i even say to you, you say that you know that looked pretty good and i'm like yeah that is money <laughs> why do i keep hearing something that's weird. Uh, and then when we got up to the basket, yeah, you were 10 feet from the basket, a drop in birdie. It was perfect. Yeah, no, it was good. So I guess after playing that round and actually getting a chance to throw the time lapse at least half a dozen times, the question I wanted to put out there, and we've kind of covered a little bit of it to say that we don't have a 12 arm speed. That's not right. where we are as players. We're, you know, I'm probably a nine arm speed, I think is what I feel comfortable. I guess my musket, I throw well, and that's a 10. So 10 at my max. Um, so 12 would be over over speed for me. So then the yeah. question becomes, is the time lapse just going to sit behind us on display or is the time lapse going to go in our bags? What's your thought? Is it going in your bag? So with the recent Palooza, I have a few fast high-speed drivers. I've got the, um, the Teleport, uh, the Octane, um, and they're 14 and a half speeds. Oh, wow. And I have my I have my panic, which I think is a 13 speed, a 13, 14 and a half, somewhere around there. Um, and I think they do have a spot in your bag, even though you don't have the arm speed to throw them. They're reliable discs that you know that can turn over in the wind. So even though you're not throwing them at a 13 or 14 and a half speed, whatever, 12 speed. As long as 80 percent power, you know that. If you're throwing it on Annie, it'll go to the right or go straight, and then it's going to dump left. Mm-hmm. So just because it's a 12-speed and it's a, a beefy disc, um, it's not necessarily coming right out of my bag. It's not a, a disc that I would think that, no, it's too fast, I can't throw it, which is what I thought in the beginning. Um, is it gonna, So in my bag, I do have a wave. 
and that's right. a twelve. That's a twelve speed. So that's the fastest sticks that I have, um, and I can actually get it to kind of. I can get it to go the S curve. It's a minus two two, so I can get it to go where I want it. Um, so having another twelve speed, or a, that's an eleven speed. Sorry, a twelve speed time lapse. Um, we'll see. I don't know if I'll, if it's if it's going to replace my wave. If it has a place for me in the wind, maybe. Right. Yeah. Well, that How... would be another good one. It's definitely it's going to be a wind fighter for sure. Yeah. What about you? I know you've got it on your shelf right now. Well, after the the great forehand that you threw on it. <laughs> Is it going back in the bag for the next round? The reason it's on the wall is everything you see on the wall right now is in my bag as of yesterday, what I played at the course. And okay. it's going to go right back in my bag for sure. Yeah. Now I've got a destroyer and yeah. that destroyer I haven't been bagging, but it reminded me when I threw the time lapse, it reminded me of the destroyer with that same drop and dump that it was doing, especially on the forehand. But yeah. I felt whether it's that I've just gotten better since I've taken the destroyer out of my bag a few months ago, or yeah. whether it is the time lapse itself, it feels like I can forehand and give that a little bit mm -hmm. more distance and get out further before it starts to come down and drop. So yeah. I think for me, yes, the time lapse is going to stay in there. It will be that wind fighter, as you said. Also, too, which I noticed, and I think we saw that on one of the holes where we both threw it not the best we could have. It not only did it hyzer uh, over, it also was a great skip disc. So if you've got yeah. a, a dog leg to the left, and I'm thinking of a course like Bailey's, which has that one uh, hole two up to the to the pole, it's like yeah. straight up a hill and then a hard left. So if you can get that distance out there and have that skip to the left, um, yeah. the, the time lapse will do it. So I'm going to keep it in the bag for sure. At least um, I'll probably give it at least a month or two and then make yeah. a decision after that. Do you feel comfortable throwing it backhand? Um, uh, not yet. It's going to take a lot more throws for me to to feel super comfortable with it. Right. But, but you feel more comfortable throwing it. You feel more comfortable throwing it forehand. Yes, I do. I yeah. definitely feel more comfortable throwing it forehand. And I think I right. I don't know if I've got a little bit better snap on my forehand, and it gives it a, a yeah. little bit more control. I, I'm not sure what it is, but yeah. Okay, so time lapse. If you got one, take it out there. Tell us if it's going to stay in your bag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you use it? Does it? Is it going to stay? Did you try it out and uh, you took it out immediately? If you did take it out immediately, go back out there again and try it forehand or just keep trying it. Put a lot of Annie on it because that thing will come back. Yeah. See if you can throw it Annie and get your friends <laughs> laughing so hard and still end up with a great <laughs> shot just like we had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, only you could, if only we could have filmed it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what we'll try to do. You always say that. I always say that we're going to film more. We're going to work on that because you never know when you could catch something like that. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on. Um, next thing I had on the list was Winter League, which uh, happened yeah. yesterday. And for everybody else listening, we're we're talking about week two. But by the time you're listening to this, week three has already happened. So, yeah. And yeah, week one was at uh, Rundle Park. Week yes. two was at Hermitage. Yes, and in the league, what they're doing is the first two weeks, you're playing your first two rounds, taking those two scores. If your score is even or below par for those two rounds uh, in total, then you will be playing on the competitive side of the league. 
And if you are over par, then you're on the recreational side. And that's to keep things fair because there is a money component to the league and so that the, the players with the lower scores are playing against each other. Um, yeah. And that's uh, I felt that I was going to be in the lower one because I normally shoot at these courses like even and plus one, plus two, plus three, kind of around that area. So that's yeah. where I thought I was going to be. Yeah, you're uh, you're um, you're preempting it, or you're what's the what's the phrase? Uh, foreshadowing. You're foreshadowing. foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. So you went out there on Saturday. Well, when we we went out on Friday. Yes. What score did you, What score did you throw? Yes, we went out to Hermitage on Friday. That's where we were yeah. playing. Now we'll let you know yeah. where we we're throwing the time lapse. You and... don't need to say my score, but just say how what you got. <laughs> well, I ended up finishing with a plus three, and it was a windy day, and I was quite yeah. happy with that. Yeah, like you said, we normally shoot plus one, plus two, somewhere around there, um, even par. In a windy day, absolutely. Plus three would have been a great score. Yeah. But what did you shoot on Saturday, Jeremy? Well, we went back out on Saturday. There was no wind. It was a beautiful day. It was probably plus two, plus three degrees. It was it was warm. At one point, one of our guys took off his jacket and yeah, was wow. just wearing his shirt. It was that nice out there. But I don't know what happened, Daryl. Because I don't know if I could ever. It's like capturing a genie in a bottle or something like that. Yeah. As I, I don't know what happened, but I ended up shooting a minus eight. Minus eight. That's insane, Jeremy. <laughs> yes, it was insane. <laughs> minus eight. That's awesome. Is that that's got to be your best round at Hermitage? Oh, definitely my best round. It was by far. Like I didn't have a single bogey. That was eight wow. birdies, and yeah. the majority of them were on the front nine. And yeah. then, yeah, and then I think it was maybe hole 12 was my last birdie, and then I just parred out the rest of the course. But it it was crazy. Everything was clicking for you on that, that, uh, that day. Because, yeah, like you say, plus three the day before in the wind, to have no wind to then... Sh so that's 11 shots that you've saved on the course. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> no, good for was, you. Thank you. Thank you. It was good. And I, what really came through for me as well, I think, was my putting. And I think you know, too, is if my putting's on, it's, it's pretty good. When, when I'm when I, having a good day putting, that's what saves me. Because I don't always get to the basket, but I can yeah. get in from 20 feet or so. Yeah. Like you were, you were inside 20 feet for most of your putts? Or was there any longer putts that you tried? Or you had? There, I, you know what I would say if there were some longer ones, they couldn't have been much longer. I don't want to pump my tires too much. I feel bad talking about <laughs> how well I played on the course. I don't think anyone, I don't know if that's what everyone wants to hear, but it is part of the winter league update. So, well, I'm going to big you up because if you shoot that, you know, that's a, like you said, well, what did you score at Rundle? Uh, when I shot at Rundle, I think I was plus three as well. Like almost like what I shot the day before at Hermitage. Right, so plus three, and then a minus eight um, at Hermitage, week two. Mm -hmm. So your overall score... Is minus five. And where does that put you, Jeremy? That puts me with the big kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so do you have an update on the league? Like, where does that put you in? Did you have a week one, week two combined Oh, score? that's it. That's a good call. Um, I don't know if I have the combined, <laughs> now that you say that. What I had was I just had the um, scores from this past week. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm just going to okay. give you a quick um, an update here. Um, 
or you can keep looking. I'm just going to yeah. keep talking. Uh, so just to put that into perspective, we went out. Um, I'm just looking for the date on it. I can't find a date here. Let me see if I can find a date quickly. Uh, back in September, um, Edgar and Gander Disco had a uh, Gander versus or Gander X Edgar takedown. Mm-hmm. Basically, what it was was Tim Plamondon from Edgar and Calvin DeHaan from Gander Disc Golf. They were a pair, and it was a doubles event. You went out to Hermitage. Uh, you all started on different holes. Everybody shot 18 holes. And if basically you were trying to beat, you were trying to take down Tim and and Calvin. And um, they're two pretty good disc golfers together. You know, having them on a, a pairing together, you got to shoot pretty good to, to try and beat them. Um, Tim, in the summer... No, no ice, no slippery tee pads or anything <laughs> like that. Tim and Calvin shot minus ten. Wow! So you, for you to shoot minus eight, that's a that's a big accomplishment. So yeah, don't uh, don't play it down. That was a, a definitely a great round. It just store that in the winter. So how does Ed, how does the winter lead work now? You go back and forth between Win, uh, Rundle and Hermitage. Yes, so we will continue to play for the next, I think, maybe it's six or eight weeks, and we'll just bounce back and forth. We'll play Rundle this week coming up, and then we'll play um, Hermitage after that and keep going back and forth. And then it's your best three rounds at each course, or you have to have at least three rounds at each course, and then that will be what your total score is for the prizes and such. Yeah, I think it was you had to have a minimum of three rounds. Minimum of three, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so looking at this here, this uh, that minus eight for yesterday put me at the best round of the day, but not as the, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but then overall, no, like uh, Dylan Froelich, he shot a minus six, um, and then he also shot a minus five. So he's actually sitting at minus 11 overall. So okay. overall, I, I just scraped my way in there with the big, kids um but we'll continue to to do what i can and, and go from there so you, you had to be under even par yes and you're at minus five overall minus five I, overall yeah i would i wouldn't call that just scraping in i think that <laughs> you earned your place in, in the big boy camp there the big right. question now comes can you stay there yes that's it right well, can you're I... gonna stay there can you compete well, I'm going to do my best for all of our chain out listeners. I'm, I'm going to yeah. try to make you proud out there. <laughs> I hope I, 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 a little part of me hopes and thinks that it was the practice round on Friday that I helped you with and I coached you and your shot shaping and, and you know, picked the lines for you and things like that. that well, I, you, had a, you, I had a part of your, your great score on the Saturday. You know, when it, when it comes to that, you know, it, it might have been that and that moral support where you wanted to run off the tee pad to make sure my disc would be found. <laughs> exactly. Could you imagine if you lost that disc and you didn't have it to throw on the Saturday? Oh, you would have, that's, you would have shot plus eight. That's right. So, yeah, that's why the time <laughs> lapse is staying in there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, good for you. Hopefully you can repeat that at, Her- at Rundle, another different course. You shot plus three the first week, but was it windy the first week? No, it was good conditions the first week. And okay. I've never shot less than even at Rundle. So we'll see if I can break even there, then I know my game's yeah. improving and, and things are going well. So Yeah, perfect. Well, hope you do. 
Now, everything rolls in so well today because the one thing we like to get to in our course review, or sorry, like in our well, podcast is a course we're like review. A well, we're like a well-oiled machine, Jeremy. We're trying to. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> so this yeah. week's course review, what are we doing? We are going to do... <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say a different course to try and throw you off. Yeah, we're going to do Hermitage. <laughs> yes, yeah. So we figured, why not? We're talking about Hermitage because we played a practice round there. We this is water, by the way. League. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> yeah, we had the time-lapse practice round. You had your winter league. So it only seems fitting that we're going to do the course review for Hermitage. Yeah. So where do you want to start? I, I want you to start because I talk a lot, Daryl. I know that on these podcasts. I listen back and I go, wow, look at the mount this guy gabs. That's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I'll get in. I'll put, I would make my comments when I can get a word in. Um, <laughs> where do we want to start? I mean, well, we want to start at, I mean, if you start at hole one and then we kind of look, what are you going to expect when you get to hole one? Right. Well, I guess, how do you get there? It's, it's close by to Rundle. Um, you follow the, the U-Disc app or you put a pin on Google Maps. It'll take you down uh, a road. You drive all the way to the end. There's a parking area. Right by the practice basket is where most people are parking. Um, and if you just look down the hill on the other side of the path, um, there's a little path that goes down. It's not that far to get onto hole one. Hole one, you'll see that we have blue and red tee pads at Hermitage. So that's a good uh, starting point. You have the two tee pads. Um, and also there's two pin locations as well, basket locations. So two tee pads, two pin locations, um, great signage every, uh, no, sorry. They no don't signage have signs yet. yet. They're putting yeah. the signs up yet. They have the metal uh, poles for the signage. Um, and then this summer they just recently put in uh, tee pads for both. So 18 holes, concrete tee pads, concrete yeah. tee pads for reds and for blues. And then two basket positions, not two baskets. When yeah. we when we talk about that, there's Sorry. two spots they can put the basket, but it's only ever there's only ever one basket on each hole. Yeah, it gets moved throughout the the season, uh, short or long. Yeah, and one of the yeah. things with Hermitage is it's uh, as we said is it's very close to Rundle, so it's one of those things where if you're coming out to Edmonton or you're playing and you want to play a couple rounds in one day and you don't want to be at the same course, it should take you less than 10 minutes I would expect uh, to run back and forth between the two courses. And as you're going yeah. there, there's a nice Tim Hortons right on the way. You can grab yourself a coffee and a donut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, and it's a, it's, it's less of a park course. It, 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 there are walking trails and there are paths that run through the course, but I wouldn't really class it as a, a park uh, style course personally. No. Yeah, not as much yeah. of a shared use. You don't really find there, the right. paths that are in the around the course are not really in the way or not quite often in the way. Yeah. Um, so the, that, the that's only, nice. Yeah, the only time that you really cross the paths are walking from hole two to hole three. Mm -hmm. But you're, that's only when you're crossing from the basket to the tee of the next one. You're not firing, you're not throwing over the, the road or anything like that or over the paths. Yeah, there's you're, just you're, that you're, one. Go ahead. Yeah, you're throwing away from the path so they don't come into play. And then when you finish hole four and you go to hole five, again, you cross over the, the, the path, the same path, and go back onto the other side of the path for um, hole five. And then once you're, once you're done with that crossover, the path really doesn't come into play apart from around the outside of uh, the back nine there. 
there's that one, is it hole eight, the long par f- or the par four with the big tower in there where you do cross the right to path to get to the basket. So yeah, which in the summer the, the path plays as a, a makeshift river or a hazard. Um, yes, you're right. There is, you do cross over the last path there. Seven or eight or something like that. Yeah. A whole eight. Yeah. So, but really, uh, when you're playing in the summer, they treat the paths as rivers, I believe for the most part and they're OB and also two on the course. Go ahead. Are are the paths as hazards or OB? That's a good question. I want to say they're OB, but I thought, I thought Mark said they were hazards, but it might be. Play it as you want. It's a path. Yeah. It's not. Re- it's not a real river. So play it as you want. If you want to play it as hazard, play it as OB. Yes, and also Whatever too, works. it's a, a course that's been used for the River City Cup tournament in Edmonton, and they put yeah. out some white stakes out there, and those white stakes will outline OB areas, like we talked about earlier on hole four. And yeah. um, again, that's up to you whether you play it that way or not. Um, we tend to go out there and add that for extra challenge. Um, to the game and also if we're going to play in one of those tournaments we want to be prepared for it but that yeah. is something where there are ob stakes so it can really well define what's in and what's out yeah absolutely the, um sorry go ahead yeah i was gonna say the other thing about this course that um i want to say was being newer to disc golf just being into it for two years yeah. when i finally went out and tried rundle I asked about going out to Hermitage and a lot of people told me, well, if you're going to go out there, make sure you got enough time to find your discs. So in the past, Hermitage was still a course in development and there was still discussions with the city about how often and what the frequency of mowing the lawn was going to be. So there was always a lot of long grass and you'd throw a disc and you'd lose a disc. But Edgar has worked really closely with the city of Edmonton and this year it was amazing. They've got yeah. the course on a regular mowing schedule. The grass is nicely cut. Um, you know, there's a lot of work put in to put the tee pads in this year before there was just dirt pads um, with yeah. markers. And so now we've got concrete tee pads for every single hole, for every position. And then by early next year, I believe, or as we get into it once probably the ground's soft enough for them to continue to put in poles and get the signs made, they're going to have um, nice signs on there as well. So this course is going to have all of the amenities that you would want in a disc golf course. I would, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, first time I played. <clears throat> I'm just going to intervene here a second. I've been made. I've been made aware that there's a drinking game. That every time I say absolutely, <laughs> people are meant to take a drink. So I'm trying not to say absolutely as much as I do, but. Um, when I first started getting into disc golf, I looked at the UDisc app and I was looking at the, the the reviews of the courses, and yeah, that was the number one thing on there. It was when I started taking up disc golf. It was around March, April time, and the reviews were get out now while you can because the, all the the long grass and all the thorns and the thistles and the brush and everything else, you know, it has been flattened down by the snow. So get out now because it won't last long. Right, and then. You know, I went out that weekend and I played it and it was all cut. And then I went out in, you know, a month or so later and it was all cut. And then every time we've played it all summer, like like you said, the, the city and the Edgar have worked closely together and I've had no issues, no problems with the fairways. No, I mean, yeah, no issues there at all. Yeah, it's been good. Definitely a good course yeah. to play that way. Yeah. 
So a couple other things with Hermitage that we tend to cover in some course reviews and others we don't, but there's some things that I'd like to highlight. One of the things is there's a big, huge train trestle that kind of crosses in the distance. So that's kind of a neat thing if you're a train lover or if you just, the picturesque of it sometimes when the sun is yeah. setting on an evening and it's coming down, it, it's a nice view in that area. So that's something that I like. Another thing that's interesting is that this is an area where it's a park, green space, that power lines run through. And there's some big power support stands and, and poles and such. And there's one hole that really actually utilizes that it, yeah. into the features of the hole. And is that, what, yeah. is, what hole is that one, if you remember? Is that six or that's five? Six. Six. No, six. six, yeah. So. Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, we had some comments on one of our other videos where we talked about uh, making disc golf harder. You mentioned putting the champ net baskets over the, uh, you know, the curtains over the, uh, the baskets. The baskets, yeah. Um, and the comment was that the greens need to be made harder. It's not so much um, that it, there's no problem shooting minus 30 and things like that, but just make the greens harder. Put more trees, tuck the baskets away, make more death putts, raise the baskets, all these sort of things to make it harder. And that is, I mean, it's not a natural obstacle, but it's an obstacle on the course that is there. And it, it's one of those things that, like I say, whenever we play that hole and we look at it, like you said, there's big power um, stanchions and poles and they have all the guide wires that are coming down and things like that. And for safety and things like that, they have the plastic orange conduit uh, mm -hmm. tubing on the, the bottom of the, the covers on the bottom of the, the wires. When you look at it, it's 99% air. Like right. the, 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 the thinness or the thickness of the wire shouldn't come into play. But it's one of those holes. It's just an extra obstacle. It could be trees. On this case, it's wires. Like you say, it just it just makes the uh, the hole just that bit more tricky. Definitely, it does. And what you find too is when you're teeing off from the from the tee pad, the basket is kind of hidden around some trees to the left. You can't actually mm -hmm. see the basket from the tee pad, and you can yep. see some of these wires. But there's at least three or four poles and each of those poles has three or four guide wires supporting yeah. them. So when you come around that corner and you see what you just threw at, it's like you threw through a spider web is the way <laughs> I, I, I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, a good shape hole, a perfect yeah. hole for the time-lapse. Yes. Cause it's guaranteed it's, to wrap around that corner. Yeah. As long as you can get it to go straight for 50 feet, 30, 40, 50 feet it's going to fire around to the left for you for sure. Yeah. Also too, with hermitage on the course, I would say when you're starting to put your bag together, if you're, you know, you're coming from out of town or maybe you're just coming from the other side of town and you haven't played hermitage before, I would say, make sure you have a good collection of discs in the fact that have your furthest flyers, because there are a few holes where you can let it rip. Um, as we just said with this hole here, you would want something that you know you can hyzer around a corner, whether that is a forehand or whether it's a backhand. So you want to have a good assorted bag with a yeah. number of different shots. And to me, that's what makes a good course. If you go out and you just pull out the same disc and throw it every single time, that that can get boring. But I, I don't yeah. tend to get bored at Hermitage because there's sometimes, too, I'm landing in places I haven't landed before. And then yeah. I'm going, hmm, what disc am I going to throw from here? Yeah. Even if you look at every hole, there's no hole that you think, or 
every hole has potential for every type of throw. There is, you know, if you're a backhand thrower, there's a, a left to right understable throw. There's overstable over trees. There's dog leg lefts. There's <laughs> bomber straight wide open fairways. There's mando holes that we'll get to in a second maybe. You know, there's forehand holes. There's elevation changes. Like it really does have everything. Like you said, you need to, you can't just go out there with your favorite disc. If, unless your favorite disc happened to cover every type of shot that you're going to right. encounter. Yeah. Well, and as you said, interesting holes. Um, so we talked about the one with the, the telephone pole or sorry, the electric poles power with lines. the guy wires, yep. power lines. Um, but then this course has a very interesting Mando hole. And you know what I heard it called though? Or did you want to talk about something else first? No, we can come back to it. What did you, what did you hear it called? Okay, well, I called. I heard it called the Tim Hortons hole because they called <laughs> okay. it the triple double. Is what it was. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks always... to Stephen Newman for that one. He's the one who had said that. So yeah, okay, yeah, the Tim Hortons hole. Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So when you get to that hole, it's a short hole. You got a tee pad and you got a basket straight ahead of you, right? Yeah. That, that, that's easy. what. That's it's easy. But the yeah. triple double is what makes it hard. Yeah, and, the, the and, and I guess we should clarify what we class because we've had this discussion with our buddy Mark. What we call a triple double is you have a double set of mandos left and right, and then another set left and right, and then a third set left and right. Some people call a triple mando left, right, and the top. top. Yes, but we have it's three sets of double mandos. But it's exactly. like you said. Pick your straightest flying disc and, and throw it. It's it's no no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are like us and you don't always make it straight down that path, you're going to miss the first Mando, come back in between, miss the second Mando, come back in between. You yeah. can take a lot of strokes if your if your discs aren't flying the way you want them to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's 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 a, a tricky hole. It's definitely it's not it's not tricky. But it definitely requires you to have some concentration and don't overthink it, I think. I think we always tend yeah. to overthink it a little bit and try and, it's got to go straight, it's got to go straight. Where can I aim? Got a little bit of, no. Just If you just stand back and throw your putter or throw a, a short mid-range, anything, you could pick your straightest flying disc and throw it down there. You should be under the basket and at least be uh, safe for your par if not getting your birdie. That's right. What were you thinking just, about another hole? I just, yeah, I just, well, just for, like I say, for our, our kind of pro course tips sort of thing, um, going back to hole eight, which is the long one um, that aims right to the corner of the, uh, the course there where it goes over the river. One right. thing to be aware is that from the blues, it's a par three, but from the reds, it's a par four. Okay. Yes, the par so does change. There, yeah, there are two par fours on the course, but not from every tee pad so that's a bit of a you know just make sure that you know when you're teeing off from the reds obviously if you're following the udisc app you know when you put in your score it'll update for you but just something to mentally be prepared for that it is a par four from the reds it's not a par four from the blues if you ever go back out and try and do it from the long tee pads it's definitely going to be a harder hole on that and also with that hole and there's a, a two spots on the course to keep in mind is that they've got what are they called? Are they like, uh, it says bugs at work in, in two areas. Yeah. There. Like ecological, ecological. That sounds like a word, right? Yeah. It sounds Ecolog sound yeah. Um, basically. Yeah. Like uh, bug protection areas, like um, habitat that you're not allowed to tread in 
Um, or if you do, you know, if you do happen to throw in there, don't play your disc from there. Gently go in as quietly as you can, pick up your disc, and then come back out of the area. <laughs> and do you what know, you as... Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I was looking at you because... Um... <laughs> As with a lot of things that you're not supposed to do in disc golf or you're not supposed to have your disc there, I've thrown in the bugs at work area at least oh, more yeah. than once. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, see, I said absolutely again. It's, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you do turn it over, if you, or if the wind, as soon as you turn it over and the wind takes it, it's not coming out of that turn. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's reachable, but hopefully you shouldn't be aiming in that direction. But just to be aware that there are two, I think on whole... 16 and 17 or just 17 yeah there, the it is OB. kind of one on the back nine yeah there. you're right there's two spots that you'll watch for you'll see it it says bugs at work yeah, there's a it's all there's some orange fencing around it if you do land in there they just want you to try your best not to disturb it because you can get your disc out you're, you're it's not stopping you from going in as far as i know yeah maybe somebody from medca could tell us differently but yeah we we yeah. go and retrieve it and if we can reach it with a grabber reach it with a grab or something like that yeah um, general general discourse etiquette try not mm -hmm. to disturb natural uh environment as much as we can we don't go pulling trees down we don't pull branches off trees to make it an easy putt you don't disturb the uh, natural environment as much as you can leave That's it right. the way you found it right yeah and then the other thing i want to say i've got a few more points uh because it's a bit of a longer review but it is a course that to me is worthy of it yeah. is yeah. There are also a few holes that we feel at our arm speed and our skill and ability that there is the possibility of getting aces. Uh, one of those would be hole number two. It's a, yep. a straight throw. It's a little bit further, but if you got that ace, you'd be really, you're always happy when you get an ace, but if you got that ace, you'd be yep. really happy. Yep. And then also hole 11, which is one that's also, uh, you got a lot of open space, the, you're throwing out, you can go left, you can go right, you can do whatever you want. But as you get closer to the basket, the trees are behind it and kind of towards the right. And you're throwing slightly downhill. So it does look like a further um, throw. But when I've thrown on that hole and when you've thrown on that hole, it's almost every throw off the tee pad looks good because you just, you've got so much space and your disc gets a little bit of carry on that slight downhill. And I think that's a real good chance uh, for, for getting a ace as well. Mm -hmm. yeah a little bit of foreshadowing hopefully if we can get this person on i'd like to talk to this person about acing hole six. Oh, okay that dog leg left through the spider web someone aced that hole yeah and hopefully we'll get that person on and we'll talk more about that in the future but all yeah, right that's, I'm that's definitely that's definitely not our arm speed but yeah those holes are you know what we would class as are um the best chances for us to get aces for sure now, the other thing, we don't always bring this up. We Sometimes we talk about favorite holes. I don't know if I really have a favorite hole, but sometimes we talk about <laughs> maybe least favorite holes, Daryl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hole 17 is my nemesis. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the hole that we were just talking about where you forehanded your uh, time, lapse. time lapse and parked it within 10 feet. For me... It's just one of those holes. No matter what shot I throw, if I throw an overstable backhand and try and go to the right-hand side of the... There's two telegraph poles or power line poles, like wooden power lines or power poles in, in your yeah. in your drive. There is an OB uh, just off the tee on the red tees. Um, and that carries down just over the hill, over the brow, down to probably 
I don't know, in the short position, the basket is probably 30 feet, 30, 40 feet from the OB. Um, there's OB on the right-hand side. Only, I don't think the OB goes down all the, the right-hand side behind the basket, does it? No, not quite around the basket. It goes no, down and then it kind of ends. It kind of stops, yeah. Yep. But no matter what I throw, if I throw a, a backhand, beefy, overstable disc, I'm going to throw it on Annie. The wind's going to take it and it's going to end up in the, the OB or in the trees. I'm going to hit the power pole in front of me. And it's going to drop OB. If I throw out to the, the left-hand side and there's a wide open fairway there, if I'm throwing that way with a forehand, it's turning over too much and it's going to roll and, and go OB. If I try and go straight, it's going to hit the power poles and drop into the OB. I just don't like that hole at all. <laughs> well, and we learned this summer, and that's why I brought it up. We were actually, I guess it was into the fall. You and I went did uh, right. a late fall round. And yep. one of the things we're going to do is give you a recommendation on it. There's two recommendations. One, if you send in and say hole 17 is your favorite hole, Daryl's going to use his famous line. <laughs> you can say it's your favorite, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing we'll say is that is a great hole to have a spotter because that particular evening that Daryl and I were playing, um, Daryl had a shot. We saw it kind of go over the hill and we saw it catch and we thought, you know what, maybe this one caught the edge of the OB and sunk in there in the long grass and it's it's dusk. Daryl had you had your sunglasses on because we thought we yeah. were going to be done by that point. So it was difficult to see. We had a couple guys come and search with us and we searched exactly where we thought it would land, as a lot of us do. Yeah. And, you know, you, this is where it went. We know it went there. But because the it other, crested the hill or continued. The other, the other thing that we thought it might have done is if it maybe caught an edge, we thought that it might have cut rolled back into the OB. So we even checked a little bit further deeper into the OB because it may have rolled in and, you know, gone over the into the uh, thicker grass there. But we searched all the way through the OB. We searched mm -hmm. outside the OB, everywhere, like you said, where we thought the disc was going to land. Yeah, and then what happened was because we weren't spotting and when it went over that hill, we couldn't see it, Daryl must have just cleared the OB and then it caught a roller and it rolled down the hill towards the basket and then passed to the right and into the deep into the trees. And we just happened to say... Okay, we've looked here enough. It's not here. Yeah. What else could have happened? So what we'd say is, one, as Daryl says, 17 is the worst hole in the course. I don't think it's <laughs> the worst hole, but, you know. Yeah. And, but number two Your is get a very... spotter. Get a spotter. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't really think that – I mean, you could say that about any hole. Have a spotter because you never know where the disc is going to roll or fly once it gets out of your your vision. And most holes you can see where it lands, but just because the basket area, the landing area where you should be landing is out of out of your vision, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, it's potential for anything to happen. And like you said, we just caught a roller, and it was nowhere near where we even thought to look. Right. Yep. And then our very last point, I'm going to say on this course, and then we can kind of get to our ratings is that um, the last hole you're going to hit is hole 18. That one's kind of got a tunnel shot uphill. It is a more difficult shot. There is yeah. a hero line where you can backhand hyzer high and up to the right. If you've got a straight disc, again, that's another one that you can do it. I had uh, some success as a player too with my time lapse on a forehand. I was able to bend it through this, this gap. But what I would yeah. say is if you think you're riding in and you're going to have that subpar round, you better be carrying probably minus two going into that hole because there is a chance you're going to par that one or 
possibly bogey it depending i don't know that's what we found with it so i would say 18 is a great hole but don't bank your money on getting a birdie on that one to save your game so no that's, that's a very tight fairway on that one there's trees to the left trees to the right there's spindly trees in the fairway um, the basket is kind of tucked up t- at the end on the right-hand side. The fairway is, it, I don't even know if I would call it a fairway. It's more of a walking trail, a walking path that comes out of there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely lots of obstacles that even if you do get your straight shot, if you clip a tree you, or a branch or whatever, your second shot, you could be, you know, trying to get it over some trees, around some limbs. Um, hopefully you get far enough up the fairway that it does open up once it goes through your first initial gap. The first gap that you have to hit is probably 50 to 60 feet off the tee pad. Right. But then once you get through that initial gap, it is a bit more forgiving on the left-hand side there. So if yes. anything hyzers out and skips at the end there, you do have a, you know, that's your main thing. If you can get through that first gap, at least then you should be able to make your upshot and then hopefully get it near the basket and take your par. But a par is good. A bogey is just as, you know, a common. Yeah, a par a is a birdie to me on that hole. You've done yeah. you've done well if you got a par. Okay, so that wraps up Hermitage. I got to yep. go into our course standings. Let's remind everybody where we're sitting because we're going to see where yep. this goes in the top five. This is actually the six episode, six course we're reviewing. So yeah. if Hermitage makes the list, that means it's knocking somebody off. Yep. So Daryl, as of last week, you have Rundle in number one, Langholm yep. number two, The Hills, your home course, number three, Jubilee, number four, and Norwester, number five. Yep. Okay, I'm right. All right, good. Yep. I have Rundle, number one, Langholm, number two, Jubilee, number three, Norwester, number four, and The Hills, number five. But I got to pause there. You, if you remember, yeah, I've got got some breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) So when we reviewed Norwester, I kind of waffled, I flipped, I flopped, I did a number of things. But afterwards, one thing sat with me that you said. And you said to me, when we review these courses, we should think if we could be dropped on any course at any time, which one of those courses would you want to be dropped on? And I spent some time thinking about that. And I actually work right in between Jubilee and Norwester, halfway between the two. So that kind of gives you that whole thing is I could be dropped on either course after work if I wanted to be. And yeah. I've done that a number of times. I've always gone to Norwestern. So I need to take on my course rankings. I'm moving Norwester up to third and I'm moving Jubilee down to fourth. Didn't you read the, the uh, disclaimer, the small print? No take backsies? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can move it around. I, I don't think you're. Well, I'm officially no, okay. doing it right now. <laughs> It's in black and white. You've moved it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's fine. So where do you, uh, let's have you go first. So where are you going to stay? I always go first. Oh, okay. I, is, oh, should I go first? You go no, first. no, I'll go first. Um, okay. Hermitage. So look at the pros on it. Double tee pads, double yes. basket locations, soon to be signage. I know they're not there right now, but the poles are in place. The majority of them, we know we're getting course you know, signage. Um, definitely every type of shot shape, you know, you're not going to get bored halfway around of throwing the same shot. You, you've got variety on that course. Mm-hmm. Um, enough elevation change that for your average 
fitness person, you're not going to struggle with it, but enough elevation change to make the holes different. Right. It's not a completely flat course like Jubilee, for example. I'm going to put it... I guess I said pros. Should I say cons? What are the cons of hole 17 is a con? <laughs> um, what are the other cons? Another con, but it's same with, with Rundle, and I've had this conversation with Mark, but it's not really a knock on the course. But one thing to be uh, concerned about is just the location of it is the wind can come right down through the river valley and you're right. always going to get a, a wind there. And it, there's also a hill um, on the east uh, west side of the course, maybe around hole two, hole three, hole four, or sorry, three, four and five. So the wind can come down off the hill there. So you're going to get swirly winds on certain parts of the course. Um, and it just seems like it's a wind tunnel for, so that's going to kind of affect your shots. Um, not really any other cons, I would say, really. You're away from most of the public walking trails. It's not too hard of a course. It's challenging enough. Um, yeah. So where would I put it? This is a tough one. I have Rundle, like you said. We both have Rundle first. For number one right now, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to look at rondo as it is right now with the construction layout and the winter layout and things like that and that that might be a, a something to uh, think about I, I don't know if there's any winter layouts or any different smart layouts at hermitage whereas at rondo they've had the halloween golf the glow golf the you know they've had to have construction layouts and they have the winter layout where they can go from different tee pads to different baskets um I think I am going to put at number one. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Hermitage. Wow! Yeah. Rundo is the Rundo is the course that I've played the most. Yes. That's where I started my disc golf career, if you want to call it a career, uh, my journey. So I've played it the most. But that was back before Hermitage had concrete tee pads on both blue and reds. Right. I don't think I've played it as much as I probably should. I think we played it the most there because we were involved in a flight league last year with uh, Gander Disc Golf. So we had we a played a lot to go of there. Yeah, yeah, we played there most, you know, we would go there for the Monday night and we'd go there for weekends as well. So I don't think I've played the Hermitage or Hermitage Disc Golf Park as much as I should. Um, yeah, I'm going to put Hermitage. It's a, it's very close. If I yes. could put a one and a 1.5 or a tied for or first, a one A and I, a one B type thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to slot Hermitage in at number one. Well, there you go. So that's going to kick. Oh, you want to say goodbye to Norwester as it no, drops off good, your list? <laughs> no, good riddance. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So for me, yeah, Jeremy is going to make a decision relatively quickly on here. I do want to put Hermitage into my rankings for sure. It's going to make the list yeah. and it's going to be up at the top. The question is, is it number one or is it number two? And I don't know why at first here I want to keep Rundle as number one. When we talk about all those pros and cons of Hermitage, of the two tee pads and everything that you mentioned, Hermitage yep. has a little bit more to offer that way. Yeah. 
you know, Hermitage's parking's way better too. Not that that is <laughs> just specifically regarding, you know, the play I mean, of the course, but yeah, no amenities. You mentioned before about the amenities of other courses. So take that in consideration. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think about that. Um, and with Rundle, just some of the different throws that we have, you know, the water comes into play and that makes you really have to think about whether you're going to risk losing a disc or, or what you're going to do. So rather than keep this straight, normal and boring and have us have them both in the same spot, I think I'm going to keep Rundle in number one. That's uh, okay. if I was going to be, if we were going to right in the middle of the two, which one would I go to? Yep. It's been proven by the number of rounds I've played at Rundle. That's where I play. I love Hermitage and it definitely belongs on this list, but it's going to take the number two spot. So you can say goodbye, Hills. <laughs> <laughs> You, yeah, that's fine. Get rid of the hills. I mean, we know that the, some courses are going to have to drop off this list because we're getting to the bigger courses. So they're going to hopefully, you know, take out the top five um, positions and things like that. Um, one thing I would say, have you, did you take into consideration, you say that Rundle's the most course you've played. Mm -hmm. Did you take into consideration that it might, the reason why you haven't played Hermitage was because of the T-pad situation? Did you ever um, not go there because of the um, lack of tee pads? No, I, you know what it is, is I think maybe it's because a lot of events have always happened at Rundle. That's probably another thing. As you said, the flight yeah. league, if we're doing Sunday doubles and they're hosting it at, um, they, they're now yeah. moving that around, but for the longest time it tended to be at Rundle a lot. Yeah. Um, Winter league was always at Rundle last year. So there were a, a different reasons there. Maybe it's yeah. also to just kind of, the classic being the original course in Edmonton and the history around it and, and, yeah. um, and just the, the way they've perfected some of those holes over years and years and years of course development. Yeah. It just seems like if I'm going to choose between the two and you said, Jeremy, where do you want to go today? Rundle or Hermitage? And we can only do one. I choose Rundle first at this point. If we could do right. two, it would be Rundle and then let's jump over to Hermitage, right? That's right. that's what it would be. So as you yeah. said, that whole 1A, 1B we were talking about, I would yeah. put it in there, but I'm going to let Rundle edge Hermitage out on this one. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm not going to disagree that you're wrong or anything like that because they are so close. So if anybody wants to put one in front, one in front of the other, I think they're so close that it, you know, it makes no difference really. Yep. So you can tell us what's, where you would put them. If you're playing along with us, let us know what your current yeah. ranking of your top five courses based on the ones that we've currently we've, reviewed. Yeah. Out of our six courses, which, what is your top five? That's right. Let, let me know why Norwester doesn't make it. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Hey, Daryl? Yeah. I think we've talked for enough this this uh, week. I'm sure people have got better things to do at Christmas time than to listen uh, listen to us ramble on and and uh, give our opinions on things. So yeah, leave us a a comment. Uh, let us know how well you think we're doing. Yeah, any definitely, feedback we appreciate. Yeah, definitely. Don't forget to follow us on all our socials. We'll give those a shout out now because we've been a little bit lax on throwing out the. Uh, reminders um it's one of those things that i've always just kind of 
you know, it, it kind of falls by the wayside. Whenever I watch a video and, the, and the, the host is always, don't forget to like and subscribe. It kind of, it, they've, I've heard it so many times that it falls on deaf ears now because I think everybody tells me to like and subscribe. So I do it anyway. Right. But, but having said that, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to us, leave a comment, let us know what your top five courses are. Let us know how you're doing or how we're doing. Let us know how you're doing. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Are, are you having a good day? If you're not having a good day, hopefully we brightened up your day a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you can do that. Let us know anything you want. If you want to see some different types of content, if you want to see guests, uh, you know, like we said, is giving us the support of what you want out of the podcast. We know what we want to provide and we want to add things that our listeners are interested in. Yeah. If it's something that we haven't done, let us know. We'll try and work it in. And where can we... The one thing I was going to say too with it was that um, now that we're on the podcast uh, apps as well, we're on Apple and we're on Spotify, yeah. uh, make sure to rate the show, put a review there, all of those things as well. Try to, yeah. We just want to try to get as much um, of our name out there as we can because that'll put yeah. us uh, onto more people's lists and more people's eyes. Yeah. Get, so we're starting to get traction now. So let's hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Like you said, leave us a rating on uh, Spotify and Apple. Leave uh, reviews. Like and subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, if that's your if that's your thing. Um, also, you can follow us on Facebook. I think Facebook and Instagram are the the ones that we kind of update the most. Uh, right. We're starting to get better at the rest. But if you want to follow us on Instagram, chainow underscore podcast. And if you want to fun- follow us anywhere else. Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just search for at Chainout Podcast and you will find us. And if you want and to send us an email. And we appreciate everything that everyone does for the, the podcast. And if you want to send us an email, chainoutpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And just, yeah, like you said, Daryl, we appreciate everybody's support so far. Have a, we hope you had a great Christmas. Have a great New Year's. We'll see you next week. And we got a special guest for you. We're excited for that. Yes, so stay definitely. Tuned. Yeah. If you've enjoyed the episode so far, they're only going to get better. And you don't want to miss next episode. But until then, Jeremy. We got to say. If you have a time lapse, get out there and throw it. Okay. And hopefully you won't. Chain out. Chain out. <laughs> Okay, thanks everybody. Thank you. See you next time.